Coming up on tonight's episode of Don't Panic, we recap the Big Apple announcement with our special guest, Phil Lopez, live all the way from Vietnam. Uh, we're going to talk about the 6 versus 6 Plus, which one you should buy. We also talk about the Apple Watch and Apple Pay and where you might actually be able to use it. We also talk non-Apple news, including Microsoft and Minecraft, and some cool picks, including a mattress. Yes, it's going to be an interesting show. Stick around. Don't Panic is coming up next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 63, recorded September 15th, 2014, on Phone Plus, Microcraft, and Too Much U2. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that proves the nerd stereotype by coming to you live from my mom's basement. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined by the Sears and Roebuck of technology. That would be uh, Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Uh... I also want to take this opportunity to introduce, uh, some have called him the Don't Panic Superfan. That would be me right now who said that. Uh, He's coming to us all the way from the uh, wonderful, mysterious land of Vietnam. From the future, it's Phil Lopez. Phil, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Um, I have a question. Is Roebuck a real person? Yeah, Roebuck was a guy. They were partners. Oh, but JC When 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 did Roebuck get cut out of the deal there? They were like, screw this guy. That's a really great <laughs> question. I wish I knew the answer. But I Next know. week can we be the juicy and couture of technology podcasting? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. We gotta I, I I please, if there are any fans out there who want to send in suggestions of what Dan and Colby should be, um <laughs> Please let me know. I'd be happy to call them ridiculous things on the show, as I'm one to do every week. So the Mark and Spencer of technology. Oh, there you go. The uh, well, no, I won't. I had a good alternate one for today, but I'll save it for next week. I don't want to burn through my list. Um, so uh, we are back this week. Uh, thanks to all of you who tuned in last week for our Apple uh, pre-show. But now we're back for the big reveal, the uh, the follow-up, the uh, analysis. But I want to start with, as we mentioned last week and continued through to the announcement, our Apple prediction pool. You guys remember the uh, the dozen or so questions we asked the hosts and our fans to answer? Uh, how would you guys like to know how the scores turned out? I, I want to really hard. Yes, very hard. <laughs> well, as would I. Well, uh, so let me start by saying the three of us we uh, took the quiz. We also had three fans who took the quiz for a total of six submissions. So thanks to everyone who did that. Wow. Um, a perfect score would have been 16 points, okay, uh-huh. based on how it was set up. Uh, in last place, with a negative 10 points, <laughs> comes Phil Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for playing, Phil. <laughs> We uh, we appreciate okay. your uh, your submission, uh, I, and I want to say you actually had a couple good predictions. The problem is in the in the category of other things they might announce, you know, like whether it's uh, Apple TV or iPads, or you just checked all the boxes <laughs> and you lose a point for each one they don't talk about. You lost ten points in that category alone. You I thought I thought I was cheating the game. Like I thought, like you know. One of them would be correct. I would get all the points. No, you got to read the fine print. It's minus one. So you lost 10 points in that one category. So good try. Um, but let's jump ahead to the three hosts. Uh, in third place between the three of us with a negative three points, Colby Rabideau. Oh, 
Sorry, buddy. Uh, it was a good attempt. Um, you missed on the uh, screen sizes of the phone and features yeah. on the watch. So uh, there, good there try. were a bunch of them that, well, the screen sizes especially. I was like, I know there's going to be two different screen sizes, and there are different sizes than I'm familiar with, but I didn't know what it, what it was. It was a, a good attempt. Um, and I will say you were the only person to get the uh, when the pre-order and sales start question correct. So uh, congratulations. Um, now, for the winner between myself and Dan. Dan, do you think you beat me? Uh, I don't think so because I distinctly remember making a couple choices that were philosophical and not practical where I decided <laughs> I was going to choose this answer because I wanted it to be correct, but I knew it really probably wouldn't be. Well, Dan, I'll tell you, out of a possible 16 best score, you got five. <laughs> so congratulations. Sound great. <laughs> and now, my score, five points. Oh, we tied for oh, the win. Tied. We tied oh, for the win. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Dan made good points on the screen sizes, um, but I made it back in... Uh, uh, things for the watch. I made it back on uh, my guesses for the watch. So uh, yeah, now did, I got the price of the watch correct, didn't I? Uh, you did. So did I. Oh, okay. Um, I was really proud of that. As soon as they announced it, I was like, three fifty, nailed it. Just, just more than I'd be willing to pay. You did. That's and I what can't... I asked myself. I was like, if Apple released a watch and they wanted to price it just more than I would want to pay, what would they price that? I was like, three fifty. <laughs> yeah. Colby. And and they're not going to do it in like because two fifty would be my max, but they're not going to do three hundred. They're going to up it by a hundred. Oh, absolutely. So that's, that's how it came at three fifty. And I felt so bad, poor Colby, the only person to guess three fifty one and up. <laughs> so close, um, and nearly beat it. So thank you to all of our fans who took part in our Apple Pool. We hope it had fun. Maybe we'll do it again for the next event. Uh, but for now, Dan and I will share the title of uh, most accurate bullshit. All right. Um, that's actually what I do all day long. Most accurate bullshit. Most accurate bullshit. Um, so let's jump into the news. Uh, do you guys want to... I guess we should probably start with the Apple announcement. Yeah, we should. I should also read the, the rundown here. All right. Well, Dan, I will lead you into it with my hand uh, tightly wrapped around yours, and we will go across <laughs> this uh, crosswalk like, like the Boy Scout I am. Uh, so let's whoa, start... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Inappropriate. All right. Let, let's jump ahead. Let's start with the phones. <laughs> Uh, iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. Uh, I was a little surprised by the Plus name. I thought it was going to be um, something not that. But uh, we're going to see two phones, the iPhone 6, with its 4.7-inch um, screen and the 6 Plus with its 5.5-inch screen. Um, oh, yeah. Very similar phones, similar designs, uh, similar features, as you're going to notice, uh, are that the 6 Plus has a longer battery life. It has a more high-def screen going from 720 to 1080. Um, it is uh, uh, It has uh, the optical image stabilization built in, uh, which the regular 6 does not have. Um, and those are your uh, big differences between the two outside the size. Um, they all are priced differently. You're going to pay an extra $100 to go up to the iPhone 6 Plus. Um, and they come in sizes of 16 gigabytes, 64 gigabytes, and 128 gigabytes. Uh, you add $100 for each additional rung you go up there. So, just to be clear, 16, 64, and 128, correct? Yes. Yeah, so they skipped 32. Right, which it annoyed me that they didn't just bump the 16 to 32. Yeah. You know, um, 
Cause, That's what they should have done. Well, but they know people are just going to buy whatever the base phone is, and it doesn't matter whether it's 16 or 32 for that demographic. Yeah, but this is Apple. They're supposed to stand for quality and the good user experience. And, it, and as someone who currently owns a 16-gigabyte phone, again, that is not the good user experience you want. <laughs> no, I agree, but wow. they are, you know, they didn't become the most profitable, you know, American corporation in history to stand for quality and not the bottom line, and I'm, I'm sure it's noticeably cheaper to go for the 16 gigabytes, at least in bulk. It can't be noticeably in, cheaper, in though. Bulk, That's in, the thing. Dan, they will shave every penny they can get off of those things. I'm just saying. I agree with you. I agree with you. Two years ago, I went with the 32 gigabyte, and it's already full on my 4S. You know, it's like, I, I completely agree with you, but I'm not surprised. I went with a 16 gigabyte a month ago, and it was already full while I was abroad. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, so let me then put it out to the panel. Um, iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus, what do we think, uh, and, and which phone is, is maybe the phone for you? I guess we can start with Dan and work our way around. Okay. <laughs> I haven't tried them yet, so I don't know. I definitely am not getting a 6 Plus. Uh, so big. So big. I can't do it. I might not, I don't even know how I feel about the 4.7 inch. Uh, I don't know, but I do really like the like the camera is the second most important feature to me after battery life. So the image stabilization is something I'm really interested in, but I don't think I'm interested in it enough to have a tablet be my phone. <laughs> well, and that's one thing I've heard from on Twitter from almost everybody who's gotten the bigger one. Very few of them say, I got the bigger one because it was bigger. They say, I got it because it has more battery life, or because the screen is more HD, or because I wanted the camera, or because, you know, it's all the other features that I've read that people are really... Is the, is the battery for. life that much better? It's... <clears throat> I, I was just looking at this the other day. They claim three additional hours LTE browsing, which is kind of the low end of the battery scale, um, and yeah. then, like, yeah. double the talk time, which is kind of the low end of, you know, going from 14 to 24 or, or right around there um, of battery life. <clears throat> Again, it's all going to depend on how you use it, but I'm I'm certain you'll notice a difference. Hmm. Just because they can, enough. even with the bigger screen, they can pack a bigger battery into the same... Uh... Now, I've, I have a question. Um, is the 6, the regular 6 screen bigger than the 5? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now, not by it's a couple point you know tenth of an inch 0. 0.7 yeah. inches bigger diagonally than the uh, iPhone 5 okay and is it like did they maintain the same like kind of strange aspect ratio where it's like super tall but not super wide mm, it is technically not maintained so Let's see. So the way it worked is like the 4S had the weird kind of like three by two awkward ratio. When they went yeah. to the five, they it became 16 by nine. Remember when, okay. when they kept it the same but made it long? So yeah. And yes, all the phones remain 16 by nine standard format. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, since I started talking, I would get... I bought an iPhone 6 now. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I would probably get a six because I'm pretty sure I'm not interested in a five five inch phone. Um, five inches too much for you to handle. Five point five inches. Yeah, five. Oh my God. 
Um, it's just too much. No, and I don't think I'm interested enough in, in the image stabilization, though it might be cool. I don't know. To be honest, I think I need to try both of them, but I'm pretty sure that five, five and a half inches is too big for me. Yeah. Yeah. I would be willing. I no. I I don't think I want it. That big. Uh, Phil, let's go to you. Uh, any thoughts between these two sure. phones? Well, personally, I would have neither, but I I just don't like Apple. But I was reading an article <laughs> that said that like one of the reasons they might have gone for the the iPhone Plus is because um, the Asian market and in Asia consumers prefer phones with bigger screens. So and maybe it's not for the American market, but maybe for markets over here. And they live streamed the keynote in Chinese and Japanese, right, Sean? Yeah, I believe so. Well, when the satellite truck was working, yes. Um, yeah. If you remember that fiasco. Yeah. Um, but uh, Phil, I think that's a really interesting point, and I actually want to want to ask you. You know, you talk about your dislike of Apple. You're a Windows Phone user, uh, probably the only oh, one yeah. I've ever met. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. so that, you, was, that was, yeah. Talk, talk a, a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't say I'm a happy customer, but it was like I bought it two years ago. Then I'm signed into the contract for two years, and then now I'm over here, so I can't replace it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty terrible to have a Windows phone, like because you just you can't do anything. Like there's no apps, and uh, it's just annoying. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. So if you're not going to get a Windows phone and you're not going to get an Apple phone, what phone would you get? I don't know. I, I, something, I heard Samsung is good. I don't know. It seems kind of cool. So I'll get one of those maybe. <laughs> that That's a decent the answer. Or, yeah. I don't know anything, but I just know I don't want to buy Apple ever. So <laughs> why, why is that, Phil? It's just like... Well, A, I, I think Steve Jobs is kind of a bad person. And then <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mainly the reason. And like everyone else has an, has an Apple iPhone. So like when I got Windows Phone, it wasn't good, but at least like it was kind of like original, you know? So I see what this is. So you won't get the Apple because it's it's too mainstream, but Windows Phone is so opposite of mainstream, it's not working for you. So you kind of want that middle ground in Android. Sure. I, exactly. I see that. But but Android is actually more mainstream than iOS at this point. Yeah, but there's there's a variation. Like iPhone is the only Apple phone, you know. So let's. I'm trying to think of what the most like non-mainstream Apple or uh, Android phone Phil could get would be. Like a Huawei or like a <laughs> oh, a Nexus something. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to find Amigo. you some. <laughs> we'll get we'll get you whatever. Uh... Uh, no, you you could get Dan. Remember that uh, that like security that like oh yeah, fourth so the, party security, the highly minded. secure, indestructible one. Yeah, or you could get the One Plus, that weird invite only uh custom Android phone. I think it's called the One Plus. Personally, I think you should go with Firefox OS, but what do I know? Ah, that's yeah, true, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Ubuntu phone, maybe. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if, if you think your Windows phone can do too much, <laughs> you want fewer features, you should go to Firefox OS. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, sticking back with the iPhones, you know, I'll, I'll throw in my two cents, which is my phone, 4S, two years, out of contract, ready to upgrade. I waited for the announcement before deciding what I was going to do. And so I had to look at these two phones and make that decision and say, which of these am I going to get? So I thought about the 6 Plus and I said, okay, which of these features matter to me? A, the bigger screen. I use my iPad mini more than I use my iPhone, to be honest. So do I need a bigger screen on the phone? Probably not. Optical image stabilization. My 4S takes great pictures, so I can only imagine what the regular 6 does. So why do I, you know, if I want to be a professional photographer, I'll get a DSLR. Um, The battery life, I'm not that hardcore that I need the little bit of extra. Um, The the 720 over 1080, I don't watch Netflix HD on my phone. Um, You know, so I'm not the consumer for that. So I will be the only person on the show who put money down and bought an iPhone 6. You did it already? I, 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 in a, in a, against my will, I was dragged into a Verizon wireless store, uh, had to deal with lines and inept, uh, helps, uh, people. And I pre-ordered an iPhone 6, 64 gigabyte in space gray. Space gray. I went with the space gray. Nice. Cause you know, it's cool. Space. Cause it has space. In it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, um, so you were forced to do this by someone? No, I was forced to go into a store. I would have liked to have done it online. Oh, uh, but the Verizon Wireless website sucks, and we've got well, a compli- you compli- heard about my online horror story, oh, so you yeah. might want to be careful. I shouldn't complain, but the phones still aren't here. They are God knows where. That's, uh, that was my problem, too. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, and and uh, they're so backordered, I'm not going to get them till the middle of October. Uh, and if you order a oh, 6 really? Plus, you're not going to get it till the end of October. Jeez, really? Yep. Hmm. So crazy, uh, it sure is. Um, other quick things to know on the do, phone. Do you think they'll have them in like the the store? I can't imagine. Like, what you would like walk in and buy one? So the Apple Store, they'll just have no phones there. Um, no, I have to. Ima- it depends on how many are left after fulfilling pre-orders, right? If they can fulfill all pre-orders and have enough to put in the stores, they will. But they have to. I would assume they would fill the pre-orders first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that depends. My question is, like, I got it through Verizon, so how much stock are they getting versus an Apple Store or, or other companies? You know. Yep. So, I don't know. It's a wait and see. I'm certainly excited to uh, to see it. So, uh, I will reiterate: uh, the iPhone six starts at one ninety nine for the sixteen gigabytes, uh, and the six plus starts at two ninety nine for sixteen gigabytes. You can add a hundred dollars for each uh, level up you want to go in uh, storage they are all available in space gray silver or gold Uh, i will also mention that the uh, four phones are no longer in production you can now get the 5s for 99 dollars and the 5c for free yeah but only for eight gigabytes did you Uh, see that yes the 5c for eight which i didn't even realize they made them that small yeah but you can't even buy a bigger one like that's like four apps yeah and and Dan, I think you nailed it. What a poor customer experience that is. Like, I realize it's a free phone, but... Yeah, you'd think that they would... Yeah. The OS takes up most of that. Like, I, that's just... I, I don't know. I think that's really irritating. I don't think it takes up most of it, but... Like, between... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. 
while you're looking that up, uh, I will mention the other big news. If you're a current Apple owner, um, because your 6s won't be here for a while, uh, iOS 8 update is available on September 17th. That's uh, this Wednesday. Soon. Um, And it will be free over the air coming to uh, iPhone 4S and greater, uh, iPad 2, 3, Air, Mini, and Mini with Retina. So as long as you're not in a super old device, you're good. And I will say, and I know people out there, this is a public service announcement, who are still on iOS 6, shame on Mm. you. (laughs) You should be embarrassed. Um, And you should just do the damn upgrade and get over it. feel bad. Because these are people who are like, but I'm afraid of iOS 7, and it's so different. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to use it. Uh, All the rest of us have been using it for a year. Interesting accent you have there, Sean. That's that's my uh, stupid person uh, slash valley girl voice. Okay, okay. It's not very good. Um, yeah, Sean. Seriously. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's continue on um, to another big announcement. This had been rumored for seems like a good amount of time. Uh, we weren't sure how they were going to do it. We just knew that they were. Lots of leaks ahead of time. And guys, can you believe it? Apple Pay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you, I was talking about the watch. Ah, nicely done. You saw what I did there. Uh, Apple announced their mobile payment solution. Um, it is based on the NFC standard. Uh, it is compatible with the iPhone 6, 6 Plus, um, and Apple Watch. Um, and it's built in with uh, Passbook, where you can put your credit cards in Passbook. Um, combined with the NFC and your Touch ID fingerprint, you'll be able to go up to readers at your local um, Dwayne Reed or other places that aren't doing read uh and pay <laughs> and pay with your phone just using your thumbprint um they have struck deals with american express visa mastercards and six major banks um as well as 22,000 retailers including macy's bloomingdale's walgreens whole food disney staples and mcdonald's uh they claim uh the partnerships cover 80% of the us credit card base um on the credit card company side um, not the retailer side. Um, so let's begin. Um, is Apple going to finally be the company to crack paying for crap with your phone? Colby, go. Uh, no, but maybe. <laughs> um, I I think okay. So I feel like it, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith because it's been tried so many times. But that being said, Apple has a lot of experience, like wrangling annoying like other companies like non-tech companies into doing what they want like itunes style um so along those veins like along that vein like maybe it will work but i i don't know i just have a hard time thinking it's going to be really mainstream because at the end of the day ios is like 17 percent of of they have like seven, fifteen percent market share. It's not like that's not enough for something that is only on iOS for for every company in the entire world to to, to accept. It it doesn't it just doesn't seem practical but to me. If, if Apple can convince a bunch of places to put NFC uh, readers on their in their stores, then the Android thing would not be. It would just be a software update to make Android work too. 
Yeah, I mean, if the NFC reader, you know, if it can work. Well, it's just an NFC reader, I'm pretty sure, at that point. Yeah. Apple has one protocol, but I think it's just getting the hardware on all those terminals that would at least practically would be the hard part. Who knows if they're confident enough to realize that you could put multiple different ways of paying over NFC on one of those things. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know, like... I, I guess my my other like it that just doesn't seem like an Apple-y thing to do. Like that's not the way they roll. They don't what do you mean? It. It's not. What isn't an Apple-y thing to do? I don't know. Like be like, hey, we have this thing and it works on iPhone, but like other people could totally do it on Android too. No, I mean like the banks or the the retailers where they have oh. they're buying this hardware. The hard the people mm-hmm. who manufacture the credit card readers could say, oh well. If we're going to support Apple Pay, we might as well support Google Wallet because it uses the same chip to communicate over NFC. All we have to do is a, hard, a software update to one, you use like the Touch ID protocol, the other you use whatever, however Google Wallet works. Well, let, let me add a little clarity to this uh, explanation. And the reason why Apple has to partner with both the credit card companies and the retailers. And the reason for that is because it's not about Apple Pay or Google Wallet. It's about sending the credit card information through the terminals to create a transaction. And that is Mm -hmm. not proprietary to Apple or Google. They use the same protocols for that. That's why you can, Apple right away can use the millions of NFC readers that are already in stores. When McDonald's says they will support NFC, McDonald's already has NFC. You can go in there and pay with NFC right now. It's just Apple. Yeah, you can use Google Wallet in McDonald's right now. Exactly. So... That's why it was important for Apple to partner with the credit card companies to make sure Apple Pay talked with them. Mm. Now, see, I should have read the read the article before. Well, the article, and no, to be honest, should the article have done is the clear. homework, Colby. And you know, but the thing you're not realizing is, okay, they have the credit card companies on board. They don't have retailers on board. Apple says they have twenty two thousand retailer locations on board. Well, most of them are McDonald's. Two hundred twenty thousand stores. Two hundred twenty thousand. Walmart has said flat out they're not putting NFC in their stores. Best Buy has said flat out they're not putting NFC in their stores. Two of the biggest retailers in the country have said they're not doing it. The reason why is because, A, it's expensive. B, in the past they haven't seen people using it and aren't willing to do the investment until it's proven. And C, the company that makes the readers, like the terminals and stores, is pushing their own solution in 2015 (laughs) that they are expecting retailers to adopt that involves scanning barcodes on your phone to make payments. Ooh, I forget the name stupid. of it. It's been development for years. They're going to push it in 2015. It's universal across Android and Apple, and it's what these companies are saying because it requires no additional hardware on the side of uh, menu, of uh, retailers, just software. So they don't have to install a three or four or $500 terminal at every register at every Walmart. That is, I think, what Apple isn't telling us and where the issue is really going to come in is if... I'm sure Apple Pay will work great where there's NFC readers. And if giant retailers are going to go for the easy, cheap solution and not align with Apple, I I don't really see it catching on. Mm, But what if it catches on with these with these places? I I mean, iTunes didn't start with all that much music. But, you know, the idea, the long term idea is you don't have to carry your wallet anymore. Your phone does it. But if I have to use my phone at some places and my card at others and remember which are which, it kind of defeats the purpose, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cool. I, 
but so I think if if they made headway not so much with the WalMarts of the world, but with like the Dunkin' Donuts of the world, and I mean I know Walgreens is one, right? Like Walgreens, like the places you go every you know multiple times a week, not the places you go you know once in a while or once once a week or once every two weeks. Um, yeah. Like your your everyday errands, I feel like that's where where it would and, be. And the they most do have they have Dwayne Reed and Walgreens, McDonald's, Subway, Panera. Yeah, mm. it's a lot of Those places. Are pretty big. And I think, I think the issue, I think what Apple is going to need is those early numbers and i think you're yeah i think you're exactly right is they're gonna have to go to these big retailers and say listen we realize it's expensive but 98 percent of people who use apple pay love doing it they do it five times a day and they we've already transactioned seven billion dollars or whatever i mean if they put these big numbers in front of retailers they're gonna say you know got you know what was it they announced today they sold four million iphones in the first 24 hours of the pre-order Mm-hmm. That's four million Apple Pay devices in the wild, right away. And even if you yeah. get one percent of people to use them, that's still a significant adoption quickly. And and I think that's really good for Apple. Phil, let me uh, let me ask you. Point one percent of four million is forty thousand. Just so we're clear. Well, that's still people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Phil, what do you feel about uh, paying for things with your phone and uh, and Apple Pay? Is this something you see catching on? Would you do this? Yeah, I think I need a little bit more explanation. So how is it different than just paying online, typing your credit card? Well, blah, blah, blah. that's very interesting. So there's really two sides to this Apple Pay thing, right? There's the physical in person, and then there's the online side. Physical in person, you will be able to take your phone with your thumb on the fingerprint reader, Hold it up to the credit card terminal, and you'll pay with your phone. It will read your credit card information but, off your phone into the terminal. No. How is that? It won't do that. It will send a token to oh. the retailer saying, like, you can charge uh, money to this thing as if it was a credit card, but you don't get to know what the person's billing address is, what their credit card number is, or what their name is. It's very secure. So it's yeah. actually more anonymous than paying the with a stripe. credit card. It's yeah. about as anonymous as paying with cash. Because if you go back, they'll get a different token. So they can't even track you from purchase to purchase at that point. The retailer can't. Your the credit card company cannot. can. They know what you purchase. The credit card company <laughs> could, yeah. But, but you're absolutely right. Now, on the online side, Apple is introducing Pay with Apple. Uh, this is really only for your mobile devices. You won't do this, at least not yet, through your uh, laptop or desktop. But say you are on a website using Safari or in an app, there will be a now a pay button, and you tap that, and using your iTunes, uh, your credit cards you have on file, it will uh, one-click bill you for whatever you're ordering on your phone, whether that's a physical object or a digital object. You know, you could be in the Target app, and it could be a Weber grill, and you could hit, you know, there'll be a little buy with an Apple logo, and you hit that, and you'll pay with your uh, Apple Pay credentials right on your phone, verified by your fingerprint. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it seems kind of like silly. It doesn't seem any faster than just using a credit card. I, like, I don't know. I wouldn't do it, especially with. I don't, like, I don't know. I don't like having all my credit cards on my phones. I don't think it's necessarily that secure. 
but maybe I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would make the uh, I think the the issue for me comes in where you'll always have to carry your credit cards because all it's going to take is for your phone to fail once or your battery to die or you know the the magnetic stripe works ninety nine point nine percent of the time, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, unless I, you're in Europe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wait till October 2015 when the U.S. switches to the EMV uh, chip card standard, and then we'll have another discussion. Um, but you know, the I think that's the issue is you'll always have to carry your credit cards. So I I think you're right that it's it's a it's a tough argument to make that this is the be all end all um, solution. It's well, what, what is the supposed advantage? Novelty. Well, the advantage is, like Dan said, it is on some level more secure. You're using anonymous tokens rather than the magnetic stripe. If someone steals your phone, it is protected by your fingerprint, um, which isn't completely impenetrable, but unless you're a super spy, you know, for the average person, that's secure. Um, So there are security advantages to it. And a convenience factor. Hypothetically, if you didn't have to carry your wallet. You know, I, I see big value in things like gift cards, loyalty cards... You know, if I just put this in and all at once it paid with my credit card, put it on my rewards card, you know, that's, I think, where the convenience starts to come in. But just simply to pay for a cheeseburger at McDonald's, uh, the difference between that and a credit card is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so our verdict is not that exciting. Yet. Yes. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm optimistic. Potential. I think Apple, the solution looks really good. Honestly, yeah. I think the software looks good. I think the implementation looks good. I think having it on the watch is a really great idea. Um, did did they say when when this will be available? Um, n- no, there's no separate date, so I have to assume it will come with iOS 8 on the iPhone. Now it's only coming on- in October. It says on Apple.com/slash/Apple-Pay. Very good. So soon. So coming with the iPhone 6 iOS 8 update. Yep. Cool. Yep. So we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. I'll, we'll have to try it and and bring back our uh, thoughts and reviews on that. Uh, but let's continue on to the other big announcement. It's not the iWatch. No, it's the Apple Watch. <sighs> um, get Crazy. excited. Um, and it is a watch. Um, it is. <laughs> Whoa. It, yeah, I know. Wait a second. It's not a brain Wait. implant. It's not glasses. Is, is it is it a world class timekeep device? Like Tim Cook said it was? Dan, it's not only that. It's a fashion accessory. It's a communication (laughs) tool. It's a fitness tracker. It's a method of payment and more. Now, how much would you pay for a device that does all of this? Well, on the quiz, I said $350, but actually $250. (laughs) (laughs) But wait. Uh, No. So, so yes, it is Apple's Square Watch, um, and it comes in two sizes with six different straps created by Apple. Um, Tim Cook calls it the most personal device they've ever created. Um, some of the highlights include um, a timepiece accurate to within 50 milliseconds, because I guess that's important. Um, it connects with your phone. One of the most unique things is what they call the digital crown interface. Uh, Apple has, you know, like your watch has your traditional little dial on the side. Well, the uh, Apple Watch has one as well. And that's what you use is kind of like a click wheel to zoom in and out of things, to scroll around on things, to uh, as an interface on the actual device itself. Um, there's also a separate button on the watch that allows you one click to get into their uh, messaging app on the watch as well. That's it for buttons. There's a touch screen. Um, 
that does touch as well as uh, pressure sensitivity as well. So you can do uh, hard presses and soft presses. Um, fitness and activity, it does your pulse. Um, there are third-party apps that can send uh, uh, notifications and do things of that thing. Um, it comes in a bunch of different colors and sizes with bands, um, even one in gold, which is really tacky. Um, <laughs> let's see, sapphire, coated display, um, 349 uh, available early next year in 2015. We don't know uh, details on battery life. Uh, we don't know details on wireless connectivity, how it connects with your phone. Uh, they have not said. Um, we don't know the full list of prices. Um, and I have a feeling there is a lot we don't know about this, that there'll probably be another event in January uh, to tell us more. So Apple Watch, I mean, what what is it everything we dreamed and more, or is it something you would never be caught dead with? Um, so I was very skeptical going into this whole smartwatch thing, which I think we probably talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And I was skeptical throughout most of the presentation. And I don't even know if I heard this in the presentation or I heard about it after, but the thing that actually got me a little bit excited about it was apparently when you're using so you can do maps navigation on the on uh the watch and you can see like a little map of where you're going uh mostly useful for walking probably but that's actually what i use maps for usually at this point is walking in subway directions uh and it it has a bunch of motors on the bottom of the watch like uh, vibration motors and they're so fine-tuned that while you're walking, you don't even have to look at the watch. It can tug you in the right direction once you reach an intersection. So, like, go right, and you can feel, because the watch knows where it is in the world, it will, like, tug you towards the right, and you'll be able to feel that on your wrist versus a tug to the left. That was really cool, uh, and I didn't expect that. Uh, it's not enough for me to be like, yes, I will get one of these, but enough things like that over time like things that it doesn't even matter that's a watch it's a thing that's attached to your body and can send you signals that you don't have to look at it it's the not having to look at it part that gets me really excited so i think there's a lot of potential here and google or uh, apple's one of the first one to get me excited about it so i call that a win for them i will definitely try one and maybe it'll be awesome when i try it and then i'll probably get one uh but i am much less down on it than I was last week. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a turnaround, uh, Colby. Let's uh, let's see what uh, you think of the watch as you see it. So, do you remember last week when we were? I think it was Samsung released an, yet another watch product, <laughs> yes. and it was it was a square one, and we were looking at it. and I was like, God, it just looks like they took a phone and they squished it down to fit on your wrist and put it on your <laughs> wrist. I couldn't help but feeling the same way about the Apple Watch. Like, it looks exactly like the new iPhones, except small and with a band on it. But the interface um, is completely different. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm like, not the interface at all, just the, the, the hardware. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily bad. I just, like, I can't shake it. It just reminds me of that Samsung watch now. Maybe that was Samsung's plan all along. <laughs> to get inside my head. <laughs> um, 
I don't know, though. I'm not particularly excited about this, to be honest. I don't know. I'd like to try it if someone wants to buy me one. And, <laughs> um, but so, I don't, yeah, any, any not, generous listener wants to buy Colby and I uh, Apple yeah. Watch. And I'll let you know how it is. If I hate it, I'll give it back. But if I like it, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. So it, even even the like the tugging thing doesn't doesn't get you like walking around Boston and not having to look at your phone, not having to keep taking it out and open up the screen. I and... mean, it's it's I I like that, right? But I'm also I feel like for for that one instance where you don't have to take out your phone, there's going to be like way more instances where it's going to encourage you to take out your phone. And I don't want to take out my phone anymore. I look at my phone enough. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I feel the same way. I have yeah. the same uh, internal conflict. Yep. Phil, uh, let, let's get your thoughts in here. I mean, how, how do you feel? We've talked smartwatches to death over the last couple of weeks. I mean, what what? how do you feel about sure. the, the smartwatch? Even, even the theory in uh, general. Yeah, so it, I might be alone on this, but when I was younger, I used to wear watches all the time and like, the watch just did one thing. It told you the time. But then, like, the cell phone came out, and then after that, I stopped wearing watches ever. Like, I don't even own a watch anymore. Um, so now I guess, like, this watch does a little bit more. I, the direction thing sounds kind of cool, but in general, I cannot imagine ever using it. To me, I just take out my phone, look at the time. It doesn't seem like there's enough added value to have a, a smaller screen on your wrist. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I, I really, to me, what's going to make or break this watch is the moments, right? You can't look at this and say it's really great at A, B, and C, but I think Dan nailed it when he says it's going to be the little things. It's going to be your watch subtly vibrating to let you know that, you know, gee, Sean, you've been sitting for the last hour. You should probably get up and walk around a little bit. You know, it's things like that. And and it's you're, you can't put those in commercials and you can't show those off in a store. It's things you really have to wear and use over time. And I think yeah. Apple has a few more things up their sleeve about this watch they haven't told us. Saving some stuff for a little later on when they announce in 2015. Um, but I think... I think that's really what what would get me to buy it. I think simply, you know, and I've said before, I'm all about the Apple Watch. I'm happy to buy one. Believe me, I'm excited. I want the watch. I, I, you going to get one, Sean? I am about 80% of the way there, to be honest, to buy one. I really am. Um, I, I need more details, and I need to see what they say in 2015 to really cement it. And if that announcement goes well, I will be the first in line for a pre-order. But I just what I don't like is it's a little chunky. And I think, yeah. and, and Dan, you shared a really great Ars Technica article. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot that, about that. That put the um, Google uh, Android Wear watch and the Apple Watch side by side in their interfaces. Uh, and coming to the conclusion that Apple's watch is Google Now and notifications. And that's really the core of it. It buzzes things at you to let you know, and you talk into it to send in your response. That sort of attitude. Apple's watch, on the other hand, is a mini computer shoved into a watch. It does everything. It's got all kinds of controls and all kinds of features. It's got a lot going on. And when you put these two side by side, I kind of look at them and say, I don't really want either. I want something in the middle. 
you know mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. android is so sparse um but i look at these apple screen grabs and i'm like this kind of looks complicated for something i want to just quickly glance at at my wrist or, or quickly get an answer to or do something um again it's all going to depend on how it is when you use it um i've never been a big siri guy I- i've never been convinced siri works all that well not in my experience um google now i've found works better um mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see I, I I just it's too early to call to be honest I I just I don't no one has seen this thing to be honest we only know what they've shown us right and those are pictures and a few videos some people have worn them right um, for the... seconds and it the watch was on demo mode and they didn't get to actually do anything with it they really mm-hmm. saw it for the heft and the size and the design mm-hmm. which is nice the other thing that concerns me is I can justify wearing a hundred and fifty dollar watch on my wrist. I don't know how comfortable I am with a $350 device on my wrist that I'm going to lose or break or drop or leave somewhere or... Or be seen on the subway with in New York. Which is a problem for some over others, but <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, that's a little expensive. And I realize it's a, you know Apple, it's premium and, and whatever, but... And I know people who buy $10,000 watches, but for me, this is... Um, you do. Uh, Will yeah. they buy Colby one of these $350 watches? <laughs> I tried. I have a coworker who like collects watches and is a big watch guy, and I'm really trying to get him. And, and he buys $1,000 watches. I'm really trying to convince him to get a smartwatch, and, and so far to no avail. Um, uh, I, why, why wouldn't he? It's like pocket change. I, that's, I know, and, I, and, and he's, I just want my watch to tell time, he says. Um, just like that. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, Forced. I... I yeah no kidding um I think he also collects taxidermy animals but that's another story um yeah I just think I don't know I think I think Apple lived up to the hype yeah which is, which is tough to do I don't think anyone left feeling disappointed so I you talked about Siri I think the Siri voice dictation works really well yeah I I do agree and with that. Yeah, so I think the responding to messages on your watch thing is like a thing that is totally legit. And what happened? I the, the problem for me in the past has been asking questions, right? Um, and yeah. having requests because they'll they'll be slow to answer, slow to respond, not always accurate. Yeah. Now, what do we think about the the special communication mode with like the sending the heartbeats and the drawing the things and the making the uh, face have different emotions and things like that? Uh, it's either going to be huge or a complete flop. Okay. I mean, really, because it, it's all about adoption, right? I mean, if yeah. you're either going to have that one annoying guy who keeps sending you stupid emoticons and no one else does it, or everyone's going to be like, wow, it's so cool. I can draw little messages and use it like a walkie-talkie and send a voice message. Wow. Um, for me, I, I'm not. And the, the other problem is, too, you have to know somebody who has an Apple Watch. And how long right. is it going to be before you have a decent circle of friends with an Apple Watch? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, really going to yeah. be your first problem. Early adopters always have that with messaging and things like that. It's like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, shit. I have, like when I joined Slingshot. I'm like, What's that? Exactly. <laughs> that was a Facebook Snapchat thing. Um, uh, we talked about Yo. that like a month ago. Yo is a great example. Yo. I joined Yo, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to Yo people, and no one's on Yo. So I, I that's going to so, be an issue. Funny story. We actually uh, set up a service at work that Yo's you when you're up in the push queue. Uh, also, you can you can register for Yo's whenever anyone deploys anything, which is mostly for comedic effect. 
Uh-huh. But um, someone hacked it and changed their name to someone who had registered in the push queue thing and then joined and left the push queue repeatedly during off hours when there was no one in the push queue, thus spamming the yos. Mm. Those good times. <laughs> nice. Uh, I... I yeah, I thought the messaging stuff is interesting that they have an entire hardware button dedicated to all of these new features that no one can use and only people with Apple Watches will be able to use. I think the heartbeat thing is is pretty interesting. Uh there was an app, I forget what it was called, but it was like a social network for couples and you could you could place your thumb on top of someone else. And it would show your thumbprint, and that was like super powerful, uh, and like a interesting way to have a a weird moment if you wanted one. No text, <laughs> no like no real communication. It's kind of like playing uh, Journey. Uh, has anyone even here played Journey? The band. Yeah, I, I love Journey. Ah, oh, never mind. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh yes. Yeah, so um. One other thing I want to quickly mention on Apple before we move on to non-Apple news, and yes, there is some of that, um, is that U2 made an appearance at the end of the Apple event. Uh, you know U2, the popular hit band with all the kids, um, showed up at the end of the Apple event, and Apple gave away their new album to everybody on iTunes. But no, Apple didn't stop there. They forcibly downloaded it into your library. If you're an iTunes user and subscribe to iTunes Match, it was there without you having to do anything. Uh, lucky you. This proved to be controversial as uh, there was a, I wish I remember, there was a great website of someone who was collecting like teenagers who were tweeting, who's this you two and why are they in my iTunes? Um, and it was just a series of tweets. It was great. Um, this got a lot of complaints from people. And today Apple published a tool that is one click remove U2's new album from your iTunes library because people could not figure out how to get rid of it. That that is I I just why Apple thought like I get it give it away to people as a free download I don't understand the automatically down you know pushing it to people's libraries. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to YouTube? <laughs> I, I just that's what I can't understand. I was like, oh my god, seriously, Jesus! And the critics hated the album. By the way, I'll just point I out. never listen to YouTube. It's not it's not very good. Um. So anyway. Very good. Well, that concludes our Apple News. I will say that the people in Dublin are still very proud of uh, Bono and U2. Bono owns a hotel there, and he sometimes still is in Dublin. Well, outside of the potato, he's like their biggest export. (laughs) No. Uh, Irish whiskey, Sean. Sorry, Ireland. No, Ireland has a lot of shamrocks. I don't know. (laughs) Leprechauns. Shamrock shakes. Shamrock shakes invented in Ireland. (laughs) That's a fact. Everyone knows Uh, that. Um, all We're right. done. We're done. Move all on. right, we are done. Um, <laughs> we alienate all of our Irish listeners. So here's how it's going to go, because I want to <laughs> keep us on time. We have time to do one news story, and then we're going to do all the rest in rapid fire. So okay. we can go in-depth on one news story. What news story would you guys like it to be? Uh... So we've got Windows 9, Windows Phone, Microsoft and Minecraft, uh, T-Mobile Wi-Fi, uh, T-Mobile calls on I think, Wi-Fi. I think Microcraft is probably the best one. All right. Although I, we have a Windows Phone user here, so 
Yeah, but that's that's true. That's a rare opportunity. But that'll be a <laughs> that'll be a quick one because it's a branding. I do want to talk about Microsoft and Minecraft. Um, those of you may know this company, uh, a small uh, software company, Microsoft, uh, went ahead and purchased uh, Minecraft, uh, the company uh, who made them. Mo is it Mo Yang or Mo Zhang? Mo Mojang? Mahjong? Mahjong? I always said Mojang. <laughs> Mahjong. Uh, yes, Microsoft <laughs> bought Mahjong, the maker of Minecraft. Um, the company started six years ago, uh, is worth a whopping two and a half billion with a B dollars, um, and the deal is expected to close by the end of the year. Xbox chief Phil Spencer was quoted as saying, Minecraft adds diversity to our game portfolio and helps us reach new gamers across multiple platforms. Um... They've already said they're going to continue to make it available across all platforms, including iOS, Android, PlayStation, in addition to Xbox and PC. Um, and notable Minecraft creator uh, Marcus uh, Person, known as Notch, will not be joining Microsoft. He is going off, taking his billions and going home. Um, so uh, you guys play Minecraft. I do know that. I am not at all familiar with it. Ah, oh, Sean, we should play Minecraft while. sometime. Yeah, we, this, keep, we keep saying is... that. This conversation has happened before, and the last time I started playing Minecraft, so this time... Yeah, all right, this is true. You guys probably have enough Destiny to, to cover you over for a while, so... Oh, God, I haven't played Destiny in days. <laughs> uh, think... I'm kind of level 20. Shit. <laughs> I fell behind. We'll get to Minecraft. Uh, but no, I mean, Minecraft is sort of a, an indie darling gone mainstream, making a ton of money, not just in the game, but, uh, you know, in merchandise. And aren't they making a movie, I think, um, or something? I'm pretty sure I read that. Um, that seems insane. But then again, they're making an Angry Birds movie, so what do I know? Uh, I mean, is this... <laughs> oh, whatever happened to Angry Birds? Hold on. It's still a thing. They're still trying. Oh, wow, that went from everything to nothing really quickly, it feels like. But, credit where credit's due, they cashed in big for those five minutes. Angry Birds was fucking everywhere. I yeah. would give them credit. Yeah. They, they did good on that. I'll um, give you that. So, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you guys think of this? I mean, is this, is this Minecraft selling out, or is this Minecraft finally for the masses? Or not, none of the above. Minecraft is already in the masses. Yeah. Have you, I've seen, I was on a train from Edinburgh to York, England, and the guy next to me was a middle-aged guy playing Minecraft. Every child I've met in the recent years plays Minecraft. It's crazy. It's like, everywhere. I feel like it's like digital Legos. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's selling out, though. It sounds like not the, that guy was bored. He's like, I'm Audi. Well, well like, okay. he was a little more interesting than that. He was like, I don't actually want to be famous or make anything important. So now I know that whenever anything I do gains traction, I just abandon it immediately. And now I've learned that lesson. <laughs> uh, that was pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah, I read I... an interesting article today about it, it was something like kids are growing up on Minecraft. Yeah, and it's it's not just a way for kids to interact with one another, but to learn and to to develop. And I don't know, it's kind of like a feel good product and a feel good story. And like, there's no controversy. There's no, it's just a nice thing that people are doing and using. And 
I think Microsoft has a really excellent opportunity to not only serve Minecraft and its audience and make it better, but to serve Microsoft, right? Microsoft, the evil behemoth, the Microsoft that makes crappy products, the Microsoft that, you know, lays off people, could become Microsoft, the cool company that made Minecraft awesome and, you know, makes the biggest thing on Earth. So I think it's a huge opportunity um, for them to really take and run with it, and I hope they do successfully. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I feel like they they could also make it pretty bad, though. Oh, absolutely. I can just imagine all the DLC they could they could release, like I don't know, Minecraft points, <laughs> Minecraft points, or like or like Minecraft Pocket Edition two thousand three. Uh, you know, home home premium. <laughs> uh, so many jokes. Uh, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on this? I mean, I guess there's really not much we can say other than they bought them, and that well, it's a wait and see, right? Yeah, yeah. And that we should play more Minecraft. I'm not worried. I'll say that. No, and that's I don't good. Think they'll actually I mean, change anything. Sasha Nadella has been on such a roll. I think he he's got nowhere to go but up. I hope, and I think if there was, I'd be nervous if Steve Ballmer was buying it. Um, <laughs> he, he, a basketball team, sure. Minecraft, maybe not. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, all right, I'm gonna quickly shout out some headlines and stop me if there's anything you wish to add. Uh, Microsoft announced a uh, event September 30th in San Francisco. It's believed there they will announce Windows 9 as well as some other server features. Features of Windows 9 include multiple desktop, uh, the start menu returning, Cortana on your desktop, and more. Um, we talked last week about Motorola's announcements, the Hint earpiece and the Moto X. That pre-order begins this Tuesday. Uh, they also say this Tuesday is when the Moto 360 will be back in stock if uh, Apple Watch isn't for you. Uh, rumors are circulating that uh, Windows Phone is now going to just be known as Windows Phone with a lowercase p. In uh, <laughs> that uh, they're going to go strictly with the Windows branding everywhere for everything. And that includes no more Nokia. So this will not be the Nokia Lumia. Uh, this will just be Windows. Windows Lumia. Windows. Just Windows. It's Windows. Just Windows. Windows all the way down. <laughs> Windows complete from top to bottom. Um, we're now starting to see Android apps appear on Chrome OS. This was announced a while back. They're just starting to filter in, so look forward to that if you're a Chrome OS user. Um, and T-Mobile held another one of their uncarrier events this week and announced that T-Mobile will have uh, f- Wi-Fi calling on all of their devices uh, by the end of the year, also offering an incentive Whoa. for those who currently have phones that don't support it to upgrade uh, to a phone that does at a discounted price, as well as leasing out... Uh, Wi-Fi routers to be used in your home uh, that prioritize uh, Wi-Fi calling on T-Mobile. Those will be available for free with a small deposit to T-Mobile subscribers. All right. Um, Also, free uh, Wi-Fi calling and texts on flights with GoGo in-flight Wi-Fi. That is absolutely correct. While the uh, the FAA allows phone calls on planes, uh, which is something they were considering banning. Well, no... Voice call. Uh, Voice calls. Okay. Okay. Yes. But you're right. Even though, despite the fact that it's over Wi-Fi, uh, it was they just still the, ban it. Yeah, it was just the fact it was happening, regardless of the connectivity. Uh, okay. It was more of a convenience and not being annoying thing. <laughs> um, 
All right, that concludes the news. Uh, we're going to move on to picks. Phil, I know you're the guest, and we're oh, springing great. it on you. Um, uh, sure. So we're, we're going to have you go last, so you got time to think about it, and if you don't have something, that's fine. Notice how none of the other guys have, have, have a pick either. <laughs> uh. But I'm going to start and give you all time to think while I talk about my pick, so relax. Um, and my pick this week is... Um, well, it's it's big and it's important, and it would be your mattress, right? So you spend every night on it, and it's kind of a big deal, well, right? You spend like half your life on assume. your mattress. Don't assume. Gee, Dan, where are you spending your nights? Um, <laughs> but you spend a lot of time there, and a mattress is important. So uh, the mattress I've been sleeping on was an inner spring mattress that was over 10 years old and really needed to be replaced. Seen better days, queen-size bed. Um, so I decided to start looking for mattresses and I thought, you know, we are, we're always talking here about Kickstarter and startups and new ideas. And, and I said, what if I did that with my mattress? So I found a company called, uh, Casper and it's caspersleep.com. Uh, is that right? Caspersleep.com. Um, and it is a mattress startup. Um, so before you say, well, Sean, that sounds really sketchy. Why are you ordering a mattress from some company no one's ever heard of? Um, the team uh, at Casper is filled with NASA scientists and product experts and a really strong team. Um, so, you know, I'll just walk you through. The real highlights of Casper here is that it is a um, a foam latex combo mattress uh, that they claim finds the perfect amount of firmness for your average person that's a proprietary formula only casper can do um and that's pretty much it i mean it's a no frills mattress um and one of the kind of uh biggest uh things about the mattress is the price actually the price is actually very reasonable so um for example a foam latex combo mattress from a, a Tempur-Pedic or, or a company like that in a queen size could easily run you $1,200. Um, Casper sells theirs for eight fifty, So it, it's a noticeable Whoa. price difference. Um, so I took the risk, uh, and I'm going to put up here uh, f- some photo uh, photo here on the screen. If What is going on? They have a showroom in New York City. Continuing the trend I've noticed of online retailers having physical pre- presences in New York, Warby Parker... Uh, several others. Yeah, they also have a they also have a mattress in a truck. They drive around New York City, and you can get in the mattress in the truck, which is much less sketchy than it sounds. I assure you, <laughs> it is nice, and and it's for you to try out. Uh, so uh, for those of you watching the video up here, this is a picture of the box it came in. So they deliver it UPS to your house. It's a sixty pound package for the queen size, and it's about a little under five feet tall. It's a big ass box uh, in cardboard, and they send it to your house. Um, you cut it open and like foam does it like, and it like expands out. To, it's cool. You know, you cut it open and it inflates and it expands out to queen size. And here's how it looked, uh, after I had done and, uh, put it on the frame and I've had it now for about a week and I've been sleeping out it. So are you ready for the verdict? Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, the verdict is that I'm not the person to recommend what mattress you should buy. Because everyone is different. No, and I seriously mean that. Don't let anyone tell you what mattress to buy. You can take in thoughts and opinions, but really every individual is different. And mattresses do firm, soft, this, that, the other thing. I can only speak for my experience. And that would be so far so good. 
I do agree. I do believe it is the right amount of firmness. I've laid on Tempur-Pedics before. They're very stiff and very firm. These guys did a really great job of finding that balance. The other thing Casper's really big into is because it's foam and latex, the problem with just foam is it retains heat and you get hot laying on it. Because they bring in the latex, uh, I have found that is not a problem at all. I've stayed perfectly cool. Hasn't been an issue. Um, so that stands up there. Um, the delivery process was dead simple. Um, they shipped it from their factory up to here. It was easy to bring in, much easier than getting some furniture company to come bring in a mattress. Um, that was simple. The price was great. And, uh, they have a 100 day return policy. No questions asked. They will take the mattress back and refund your money after a hundred days if you don't like it. So my advice to anyone is, you know, if you have a mattress and you like it, you should probably keep it. But if you're in the market for a mattress, I would recommend trying the Casper. I think with the 100 day return policy and the fact that they've kind of made this as mild for as many people, um, I've really enjoyed it. And I think for the price, it's absolutely worth trying because you're going to pay a lot more for something comparable. Um, and you just might, and again, it's so convenient. They ship it to your house, and if you don't like it, they actually send somebody to your house to pick it up. I mean, the service is crazy. So, um, it's caspersleep.com if you're interested in a mattress. Um, I recommend you try it out. So far, so good for me, but your results may vary. <laughs> cool. Uh, and that is my pick. So let's move on to Colby, yeah. who is Sweet. picking uh, an application for your mobile phone. Whoa! Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I tried a new app. Um. But when I so when I got to Boston, I needed some sort of like subway transit bus app thing. Um, historically, like for New York or San Francisco, there are like apps that are specific to New York or San Francisco, um, and I've used those. And so when I got here, I looked for another one of those, and I kind of had trouble finding one. Um, I found like the MTAs app and it was pretty terrible. Um, uh, so I ended up, I stumbled across, this is an app I sort of used briefly a long time ago on iPhone. Um, I think it was released about the time that Apple Maps was released um, and was kind of touted as the transit alternative to Apple Maps because Apple Maps doesn't uh, include mass transit directions. Um but it's called transit and it's, it's like a green icon, but it has, it's this, it's one app that, that does transit directions for, for many cities. Um, I know I've used it in New York and, and Boston now. Um, and it's really nice. It like, I don't know. It does exactly what I needed to do, which is basically tell, suggest to me when the train right next to my apartment is coming. Um, but yeah, the other thing I like about it is that the it shows the train stops on a real map. So like you can see like a geographically accurate representation of the route you're on and where the stops are versus just a giant, you know, a JPEG of the subway map, which you can pan around, which most most subway apps that you find in a store in at least that I've used. That's what they are. They like if they have a map of your route, it's just a a picture, a static image of your uh, of the subway map. 
which is is useful, but um, so what does not... this do better than Google Maps? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, like Google Maps, I I just to be honest, I just never trust Google Maps. Like. I, I trust Google Maps to tell me how to get somewhere, but I don't trust Google Maps to tell me when to go, like when things are happening, I guess. And I can um, see the advantage to a dedicated app for something like this. Yeah, and it, it just, it just, it, it, Google Maps always feels sort of heavy. Like, like I open the app and I get like a list of the, which, you know, that the, I can, I can show you. I get like the list of the nearby, like the buses and the trains and like, you know, I don't have to type anything in. I just see the train. Cause like, I know where the train stop is um, at least, you know, in this case. And it's easy, like it's easy enough to find, like you can pop open the map and see, uh, Well, I can't do it right now, but you can, you can pop over. There's like a button to like show the map and you can see like where the train's going. It's a, it's, it's a different perspective on it, I guess. It's like nice to, if that's the way you're traveling, I like having a dedicated like solution for it. Google, Google, Google maps is kind of like the Swiss army knife of getting places. Um, so, but you need a chef's knife for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good looking app too. Uh, available yeah, for nice. free on iOS and Android. Indeed. All right, very good. Uh, TheTransitApp.com. Uh, Dan, you got a pick for us? You can say no. Uh, uh, Keynote is still great, and I've been using it way too much this week. And if you haven't gone to Scotland, you should go to Scotland. So, <laughs> so Dan's Dan has two picks this week: Keynote and Scotland. <laughs> uh, potentially an independent Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Tune, when is that? Tune in uh, tomorrow. It's, it's the 18th. 18th. Okay. So tune in next yeah, week to find out the exciting conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every single person I met, except one, was a yes voter. It's there. It is. They are literally calling it too close to call right now. So it is. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Phil, let's see if you can one-up Dan and actually have a pick this sure. week. <laughs> you, you got something you want to share? I picked Vietnam. Just kidding. Um, if you Google, there's, I've been playing with this site. If you Google Neon Flames, there's this website. You can draw your own nebula, and it's pretty cool. And it's really easy. No matter what you do, it ends up looking kind of cool. And there's a bunch of options. And that's my pick. Oh, so this is a Chrome experiment. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah, look at this. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Here, let me uh, let me put mine up here so you at home can see. Uh, you can pick different colors and uh, draw. Draw space. Draw art and such. Wow, look at this. Oh, it's beautiful. Wow. Oh, this oh, is yeah, neat. Look at that. Yeah, so this is Neon Flames. It's a Chrome experiment. Uh, what I'll do is go to our website, don'tpanic.io. I'll make a short link uh, to make it easy for everyone to find it. Um, and I will post it there. Will you now? Sweet. Wow. Well, good job, Phil. Good. Did I win? 
Yes, this is you way too win. much fun. You win much cheaper <laughs> than my mattress. Um, and Scotland. And Scotland, yeah, exactly. We really <laughs> we blew the budget on our picks. Uh, well, uh, as we conclude the show, Phil, let me start by saying thank you for joining us. Uh, it was good fun having you here. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add before we uh, wrap for the evening? No. <laughs> I'm I, good. I think that's completely fair. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Um Let's go to the other two gentlemen. Guys, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, conclude for the evening? Hmm. No, I have a new blog post that's not ready yet because my website's broken. But once I fix my <laughs> website, next week. It's a good exciting. tease. It's exciting. Yeah. I look forward to it. And, and, How to have a one-on-one with your manager. Hacking the one-on-one. Ah. So uh, how about what's the uh, what's the site if people want to read past blog posts? Uh, dmiller.io to read my one past blog post. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a blog, right? You can subscribe, or is it is it so broken you can't? Yeah, do that? it's a blog to it. You could subscribe to it, but I haven't updated it in so long that I forgot how to change it and lost everything. So I have to basically redo it all now. <laughs> you got to get your now blog. I actually more. have another blog post I wanted to write. Very good. Uh, I will also tease. Hopefully, in the coming weeks, we'll see the return of uh, Change Mode. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Our, soon. Our, these these guys, fantastic uh, programming podcast. It's more than programming. That's a programming lifestyle podcast. <laughs> um, we're it's like ma- a men's lifestyle magazine, but a little bit different. Yeah, a little, little more high tech. Um, indeed. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Uh, this show, we do this uh, Monday nights live uh, on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you have links to not only the live show, but past shows, audio and video. We do this in HD just for you on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and RSS. And we're on social media at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show. I highly recommend social media because we'll ping you when new episodes are available and when we're going live Monday nights. So uh, it's a good place to check us out. Um, we will be back next week with even more fantastic tech news, um, including a potentially independent Scotland. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't think there are any. Um, Google's having an announcement in the coming weeks. I think Nexus devices. We may hear about Nexus devices before we talk next. So. I don't know. We'll see. Trivia question. What is the most recent country to declare independence from the United Kingdom? From the United Kingdom? Uh, I... Oh, Canada. I... That's a really good guess. Canada? No. I'm going to get... Uh... Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, and Ireland all declared independence in the same year, and that year was 1931. Is that the answer? Oh. No, no. There are many, many, many countries that have declared independence in the United Kingdom since 1931. It's going to be some. Yeah, yep. I'm never going to guess. Brunei, east of Malaysia. Duh. 1984. <laughs> what was I thinking? Missed the boat on that one. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, thanks so much. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, don't panic. We'll see you then. Good night. Ooh.